0: And this is the course that I've designed and it's got everything in it that I wish I'd have known when I finished cancer treatment and I was lost. So you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever. I'd love to hear from you, let me know what you think. Take care, bye-bye. Hello, it's Gabby here for you. I hope this finds you well. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking about resilience. What can you do when life knocks you back? How can you thrive in the face of adversity? I've got some tips for you on that. Secondly, I'm going to be talking about reframing events that happen in your life. And what does that mean? It means by looking at things that have happened to you, maybe in a different way, and taking away the lessons, the learning, or maybe just an alternative point of view of some of the things that may have knocked you back in life. Thirdly, something I've touched on before, which is about your support network and being around the right people. How important that is if you are really to develop some resilience in life. And lastly, I'm going to be talking about complaining. When bad things have happened to you, it's very, very easy just to get into the habit of complaining about it. But what can we do if we feel like we are always complaining about bad things that have happened to us? Nobody wants to be that person. So what can you do? I've got some tips on that as well, and I hope you enjoy listening. Okay. So I'm going to start off by talking about bad things happen to everybody, unfortunately, in life and bad things happen to good people. I've learned as well. And one of the things with a cancer diagnosis is I found at the beginning, I was just lost really in the injustice of it all. I was angry. I was upset. I had so many emotions feeling like this is just not fair why has this happened to me? And also I felt very much as I was going through the process of starting my treatment and all the things that a lot of cancer patients go through, is I really felt that I was grieving for my old life. You know, the the old life that I had, the carefree life when cancer was something that happened to other people and it wasn't something that happened to me. But this can be true, not just for a cancer diagnosis, but for any um, difficult event in life. We can grieve. You know, for some people, unfortunately, it may be the, the death of a loved one. The grief process is, is a very difficult. It's one of the most difficult things we're ever going to go through. And it's very um, well known that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did a lot of studies on this. And she describes the five stages of accepting the death of a loved one. Okay. But the only difference is that with death, sometimes you get the perk of some sympathy and people understanding what you're going through. And I felt when I went through my cancer diagnosis, and even more when I finished my treatment, I felt so alone. Nobody knew what I was going through. At least that's how it felt. So the five stages of grief that Elizabeth talks about are, first of all, denial and isolation asserting this this is not happening to me and I felt that at first with cancer I'm not the sort of person who gets cancer that was my first reaction and yeah do you know what guess what it was happening to me stage two can be anger how dare this happen to me and I felt a lot of that as well you know I'm too young I'm too this I'm too that and anger is understandable but it's how you use that anger and how you direct it Hopefully not at the people around you, not at the people that care about you. But yeah, there's a lot of anger in in breast cancer, right? Particularly, I've seen that in some groups, some really angry people. Understandably, but again, it's what you do with that anger. Stage three is bargaining. And some people do this by, you know, talking to God, you know, please let me get through this. If you do this, I'll do that. Okay, if it doesn't happen, if please, you know, just let me do this. And I promise that I will do that. And that is, again, your mind playing tricks on you saying, you know, if you do this, then you can do that. It's very, very difficult. And you think about this, you know, in grief, people bargaining, you know, oh, we should have done this oh we should have done that. And it's again, completely understandable. Stage four is a deep for some people, a deep and lasting stage. And that can be depression. For some people, depression is just a temporary phase they dip in and dip out of some people will become depressed for years and obviously if you're in that situation you need clinical help you need a professional to help you with that this is not just something that a cup of coffee and a chat with a mate is going to sort out for you but again these are all very very understandable phases but hopefully they are just phases like the phases of the moon you know they come and go hopefully they will move on but if any of these are sticking or if any of these phases or places that you are staying You need help to move forward. Stage five is where we all want to get to, which is acceptance. I'm ready now and I don't want to struggle anymore. And that's the place that we all want to get to. And it would really seem to me, you know, when it comes to emotional pain, which a lot of us will go through at some stage in our life, unfortunately, whether it is the death of a loved one, whether it is a cancer diagnosis or some other type of awful event, You can run from emotional pain, but you can't hide. Sooner or later, you are going to have to deal with it. And so if you are dealing with anything like that, you know I'm here for you. The next thing I'm going to talk about is reframing events that have happened to you. And it may be a term that you've heard before, maybe not. But it's looking about finding the meaning in what has happened to you. And again, there's a famous book by Viktor Frankl who um, survived three years in a concentration camp and he wrote a book, a very widely read book called Man's Search for Meaning. And he was really interested in why do some people survive the concentration camps and why did some people not? His thesis was it's the meaning that you attach to the events that happen, not necessarily what's happened to you, okay? He believed very much, that people who had a student mentality, not a victim mentality, were the ones who survived. The ones who thought, okay, this is awful, this is not fair, but what can I learn from it? How do I move forward? Viktor Frankl believed that he was meant to survive the Holocaust so that he could write about the search for meaning and help others survive terrible times. And I found that in the breast cancer world particularly, there's a lot of very generous people who will give their time and energy to help other people who are going through similar things. And that gives them meaning. It gives them a purpose. It gives some sort of sense to what they've been through. Yes, they've been through a terrible time, but do you know what? Some good came out of it because they are there now to support other people. Another example I've recently seen with a friend of reframing things that have happened into their life is um, a young lady that I know who was in a very, she thought, happy relationship. She was planning her wedding. She'd been with her partner for quite some time. She was very happy. And then out of the blue, very suddenly he came home and said he was leaving. Didn't love her anymore. Didn't want to get married. Wanted to end the relationship. And as you can imagine, this was a huge shock to her. And she went through probably a lot of the stages of grief that we've just talked about, the denial, the anger. Finally, she's coming to some sort of acceptance that it is over. She now has some choices what she does with that. This is what I'm talking about, reframing. She could make this event mean to her, I'm unlovable. Nobody will ever love me. There must be something wrong with me or he wouldn't have left. I'm always going to be single. I'm always going to be childless. I'm never going to have a happy marriage. She could make that this event. She could make this event mean any of those things. And for a while, in her hurt and her anger, she was making it mean that. Now she's put some time into working through her feelings. She could reframe that into, well, maybe the relationship wasn't as happy as I thought. Maybe it wasn't as perfect as I thought. And maybe, actually, it's a good thing that we didn't go ahead with the wedding and maybe it's a good thing we didn't go ahead and have children because if we weren't meant to be together for the rest of our lives, surely it's better to find out now before the wedding than afterwards. And that, you know, is not an easy thing to say. It's very quick for me to say that, you know, to see her hurt from a distance. When you're going through that hurt, it can be really, really difficult to see that. But that's what I mean about reframing. What does it mean? It's not the event, the fact that he came home and said he didn't love her anymore and he wanted to end the relationship. She's choosing now to reframe that into a positive thing for her. She's got a second chance at finding the the one, if you like. She wants to be in a marriage. She wants to have children. She's got a second chance at that now. And hopefully it'll be with somebody who will love her back equally. With a cancer diagnosis, we all have that choice. And it sounds really bizarre maybe to say, well, we don't have a choice. We're plunged into cancer world. We're plunged into treatment. But we do have a choice of what we make it mean to us. You can make it mean oh, my life is over. It's never going to be the same again. I'm, You know, I'm ill. I'm never going to have the same energy levels. I'm never going to be the person that I was before. Or we could choose to make that mean. This is an opportunity for me to start again, to look at my life afresh, to decide that I'm going to do things differently, to spend some time on my self-care, to improve my diet, to start exercising, or whatever it is the things that you've not be, that you know you should be doing. But until you get that nudge to say, "Hey, this is important now. This is really important now. You've got cancer. Your health becomes your number one priority," because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And so you can look at that in a very negative way or you can look at it as something really positive. And I'm not here to tell you that cancer is a great thing and is the best thing that ever happened to me. Clearly it's not. But it's what I choose to make it mean. And I'm choosing to make it mean I've got a second chance at life now. This is my midlife and my life going forward is going to be better than it was before. I'm really not going to be bitter about the things that I've lost. I'm not going to be bitter about the things that I wish I'd done differently. We can't change the past. So can you reframe anything that's happening in your life? And again, sometimes you need a good friend. You might need a therapist or a coach to talk it through with you and to help you to ask you the right questions. You know, a good coach doesn't tell you the answers. A good coach will ask you the right questions so that you can come up with the answers yourself. You can reframe what's happened to you, think, actually, This is a good thing that's happened to me. Life is helping me. Life is supporting me. And life is good. And that's where we all want to be. The next thing I want to talk about is your support group. Something I talked about in the last podcast is being around the right people. And I've got a study here from Dr. Dina Carbonell of Simmons College. And she studied the secrets of people who had successfully bounced back from hard times. She tracked 400 people. From age five to 30 for 25 years, studying the main characteristics of those who did best in difficult circumstances. And she found that resilient people identify those who are available, trustworthy, and helpful, and then they go towards this light. And I talked before about the people around you in your life. What's the energy coming out of those people when you're around them? Are they radiators or drains? You may have heard this saying radiators are people who radiate positive good vibes and drains are people who will drain your energy if you spend so much time with them so please be around the right people get some support if you haven't got that support around you i'm here for you reach out to me the last thing i want to talk about regarding resilience is complaining something that we all do we know we do It's easy to get into that habit, especially if you've had something bad happen to you. You're allowed to complain. You may feel fully justified in complaining. But we all know people who just complain always. No matter how life is going, they've always got a bad word to say about it. And nobody wants to be around those people. And I don't want to be one of those people. Do you? Okay, so I've got some tips here of things that make you think about complaining in a different way. And I'm not saying if you're going through something difficult, of course you can complain. Of course you can offload. Of course you can tell your good friends how bad it is. But don't make that your story. You are more than your illness or more than the trauma that you're going through. It's part of life, but it's not your whole life, is it? Okay, so um, I've got a lovely book here called Bounce Back by Karen Salmonson And one of her things she said is... <laughs> Her tip number 18 is, if we didn't complain, what would we have to talk about? And her answer to that is plenty, because there's a lot more to life than complaining. And her tips are, if you've been through tough times, it's normal to want to vent. But here's the deal on complaining. Number one, you're allowed to air all complaints three times. Get them out of your system. But once a complaint hits the air that third time, you must let it evaporate. Number two, if you have to bring up the same complaint a fourth time, it should be either an effort to see it in a new insight or in the hope of fixing a problem or with the goal of improving your long-term life plan. And her last point on complaining is you really are also allowed to complain a fourth time if it's in a really, really funny way. In fact, joking about your ordeal can be highly cathartic for you and a lot more fun for your listener. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to my podcast. It would really mean a lot to me if you can leave a like or a review or just get in touch with me and let me know what you think. All of the topics I'm talking about are quite difficult and I'm hoping you've got a good friend or a therapist or a coach that can help you with anything that you struggle with. If you are a cancer survivor who is struggling maybe with life after cancer treatment finishes, please check out my website confidenceaftercancer.co.uk I do have courses, I have a lot of resources there, some are free, some are paid courses, some are self-study or you can also sign up for one-to-one coaching with me if you like one-to-one attention and I'm always here for you, just reach out to me, please get in touch, that's why I'm here, it helps me to help you and as always I would urge you to stay safe, stay sane, have a wonderful week, thanks for listening, goodbye.